Welcome back, Missio family. Today, you'll hear Pastor Josh talk about how God is in control and sometimes allows things into our lives that we don't understand. It could even be physical suffering. Through it all, God can be trusted. If you have any questions about Missio, you'd like to join a missional community, or you have any prayer requests, please contact us at missio.life. Well, so glad that you're with us today. We are in week two, the book of Job. Um, If you happen to miss last week or if you want to catch up, just a reminder that we have our sermons. There's a podcast and you can go to our website, missio.life, under sermons. It'll take you to the platforms that we have our podcast. If you ever want to catch up or share a, a, a sermon with somebody else, feel free to do that. So we've all probably had a bad day, right? We've had a bad day. But have you ever had one of those bad days that goes from bad to worse? Like you just want to go back to bed and you're like, I just need a redo. I need a do-over. I need to just like end this day and and start fresh. A few years back, I had a day like that where um, I was on a a trip. I was going to go to Vancouver, British Columbia with a pastor friend of mine. We were going to a training event called Blue Ocean. And we were leaving Bismarck and it was the winter months. And if you've flown out of North Dakota in the wintertime, Sometimes we have this thing called snow, and sometimes it impacts flights. And so we barely made it out of Bismarck. Our flight was delayed. We made it to Denver. We were going United, and uh, there was a blizzard going on in Denver. Flights were being canceled left and right. We get off the plane, and there's like 300, I'm not joking, like 300 people in a line at the help desk. And my friend and I were like, this is not good. And so we stand there in line on the phone with United as we're waiting to get to the desk for United. And we talked to them and they ended up booking us a flight to San Francisco because our flight to Vancouver was canceled. And so we hop on this flight, we make it to San Francisco and we had to sleep in the airport. If anyone's ever done that, not fun. Don't get much sleep. Finally make it to Vancouver and we missed a couple hours of our training. We show up. The worst part was they lost my luggage. So I had no suitcase for two days, no clothes, no toothbrush, nothing. And it was just one of those days. I'm like, can this just be over? Can this just be done? Uh, And that's pretty minor. I'm sure many of you have had worse days than that. But it's just part of life, isn't it? Like we deal with some of those days where things go from bad to worse. And that's kind of the case of the story of Job. Last week we talked about how Job had the worst day of his life. He got news that, hey, all these raiders came in and they stole all your cattle and all your donkeys and all your stuff and they killed all your servants, except for a couple to to tell you the message. And then by the way, the wind blew your kid's house down and killed all 10 of your kids. Like that was the day that Job had. And we're going to see now that his day gets even worse um, as he gets some more news. So in Job chapter one, we saw that Satan was able to take His wealth, his possessions, his family, God allowed Satan to take all of that from Job. And we don't really understand why. That's been a theme throughout all of this. Uh, But for Job, he was a man of integrity because he worshiped God when things were good. But he also held his faith even when his life was in shambles. So we saw that, uh, just a few lessons I want to recap from last week, things that we learned from the book Uh, Job chapter one from, from the first chapter. We don't always know what's going on. We don't have all the answers to why there is pain and suffering in the world. I mean, we know the world's broken. We know it's sinful. 
But I don't know why God allows certain things to happen in people's lives, and neither do you. And it's okay for us to say that we don't have all the answers. We don't know. It's also good for us to realize that there are things happening in the spiritual realm that we don't see. Job didn't know that Satan had just come into heaven, had a conversation with God, and got permission to ruin his life. Job didn't know that. He didn't have that perspective. And same as for us. We don't see everything that's happening in the spiritual realm. You know, we, we walk by faith, not by sight. And so we're, we're going to continue on in our story today. We're going to see some things from Job chapter 2. So if you have a Bible, we're going to read, and we're going to talk more about this idea of suffering, why God allows it. Um, why we struggle with it. And so I'm going to read from Job chapter 2, starting in verse 1. Again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came along to present himself before the Lord. And the Lord said to Satan, from where have you come? Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth and walking up and down on it. The Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? That there is none like him on earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil. He still holds fast his integrity, although you would incite me against him to destroy him without reason. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, skin for skin, all that a man has he will give for his life, but stretch out your hand and touch his bone and his flesh and he will curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, he is in your hand. Only spare his life. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and struck Job with loathsome sores from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head. And he took a piece of broken pottery with which to scrape himself while he sat in the ashes. Then his wife said to him, Do you still hold fast to your integrity? Curse God and die. But he said to her, you speak as one of the foolish women would speak. Shall we receive good from God? And shall we not receive evil? In all this, Job did not sin with his lips. So this is Job's second trial. We saw what happened in round one. He went through a lot of bad stuff. And he's just kind of hanging out. And he says, you know, naked I came into this world and naked I return. I don't take anything with me. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That's where Job chapter one ended. And now Job's got a second trial. And you might notice how similar as we read that Job chapter two is to Job chapter one. It's almost like a repeat, like it's the sequel. And, and it really, it mirrors that first chapter. We have God sitting on his throne in heaven and Satan just kind of waltzes in You know, the angels come to present themselves before God, and and here comes Satan. So he has some access to God as God allows it. And I love that. He's like, where have you been? Oh, just walking around on the earth, just to and fro. It's like, oh yeah, Satan, you haven't been doing anything wrong, right? You've just been hanging out. And then God says, have you seen my servant Job? You remember Job? We talked about him a little while ago. And Satan says, yeah, but you know, he's... He loves you and he serves you, but it's only because you haven't taken away his health, right? And and he says, it's skin for skin. Verse three says, he holds fast his integrity, even though you incited me against him to destroy him without reason. So that's what God said to him. You've seen Job, you've observed him, you thought he was gonna crumble, he didn't, he held fast to his integrity and they start to talk about it. And so 
There's a, a word in here that jumped out to me as I studied this earlier this week, and it, the word is incite. God said, you incited me, Satan, to harm him without reason. What does that mean? Does that mean that, that Satan somehow duped God? Does that mean that he tricked him, that he coerced him? Does it mean that he twisted his arm into doing something that was against God's character? And the answer is no. So I did a little digging in the original language to see what this word meant. And some of the other translations would say that he was urged or he was moved. So incite means to speak in such a way that encourages a certain behavior. So basically, Satan was the one who initiated this idea of, hey, I'm going to harm Job. It wasn't God's idea. God allowed it. God in his sovereignty said, okay, Satan, I'm going to give you some latitude to go and take away some of his blessings and to allow some harm to come to his life. But it was not God's intent to harm Job. So God is essentially able to tell, Job, or tell Satan after his first affliction, see Satan, look at Job. My love is enough to sustain him through trials. My grace is sufficient for my people when they go through really hard things. I'm enough for Job, Satan. Take a look at him. He has not crumbled. He has held his faith in the midst of enormous trials. And Satan says, yeah, but again, skin for skin, all that a man has, he will give for his life. And so that's another way of saying, hey, if you just take away his health, if you just take that away, God, he certainly will curse you and he will turn away from you. So God gives permission to Satan, verse 6. And the Lord said to Satan, behold, he is in your hand, only spare his life. So you might be thinking, come on, God, like really? Like Job's been through enough. I mean, that's how I feel when I read this story. I'm like, hasn't the guy suffered enough already? And now there's got to be round two? And I think that's normal for us as humans to ask the question, why? Why is a person suffering? Why does somebody have to go through such a trial? We don't like pain. We don't like hard things. I don't. And so we, even as kids, like kids ask questions all the time. And as a parent, you say things like, hey, uh, don't touch the hot stove. Why? You know, don't stick the butter knife in the, you know, outlet. Why? You know, and, and as a parent, you know, sometimes you just say, because I said so, right? Because I, it's, I'm in power over you. And, and that doesn't really work either. Um, doesn't really go that far. But um, I think there's something in us as human beings that we want to know why. We want to have the answer why. So with Job, we want to understand this. Why has God allowed Satan to afflict Job? And I'm reminded of what we talked about last week. We don't know why. We don't have all the reasons why. See, the real issue isn't that we need to have all the answers. The real issue is whether or not we trust God when we don't have all the answers, right? How will we trust God when we don't have all the answers? I want to share a few verses with you because the Bible talks a lot about us not understanding the mind of God and trusting him even when we can't see. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything that you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Human explanations won't do. 
We don't have the ability to comprehend everything that God is doing. We don't have uh, the sight to see everything from start to finish like God does. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. And so from, just from those few verses, we can see that God is good. He's smarter than us. He knows what he's doing. And he has plans in store for us that are good. But we might look at Jeremiah 29 and say, well, how does that square with what's going on in Job's life? He's suffering. And oftentimes we want answers for things that are happening in a, in a moment or a season of life. And God says, you don't see the big picture. You don't see the story from start to finish. In fact, if you fast forward to the end of the book of Job, you're going to see a little bit different outcome. And so there's perspective that God has that we lack, that we don't see when we're struggling. See, God can be trusted even though we don't understand what he is up to. I want to I pause here and have dialogue around a couple of questions here. And the first one is this. Why is it difficult to trust God when we don't understand our current circumstances? Why is it difficult? What do you guys think? Yeah, that's great. It, our natural response is not to say, hey, what could come out of this at the end that makes me better, as opposed to saying, why does this hurt? Why is this hard? Exactly. Any other thoughts on that? It takes away our control. Oh, that's a good one. It takes away our control. Yeah. When we have to trust God, we have to recognize I'm not in control which control is kind of a mirage anyway, you know. We think we are, but we're not. Yeah, we want to hold on to control, and we have to let go. When we actually trust God, we're saying, hey, I'm not in control, God. You are. Second question is this. Um, if God would have told Job why he was suffering, like if he would have just laid it all out, wrote a letter to Job saying, here's what's going on in your life. You know, Satan and I had a conversation. This was, going, this was happening. How would that have changed things for Job? I don't think this would have just impacted the story. I don't know, just I want you guys to think about that. What do you think? I think he might have been more against God, more likely to lose his integrity because he's like, you told Satan he could do that. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> he might have been, reacted differently, had less trust in God. I don't know. I mean, we're because speculating. If but you don't know the reason, then you assume that there is a reason. But if you hear that conversation and you're like... <clears throat> That's the reason? Yeah, and if we, if we hear the reason, we might not like the reason. You know, there's that. What else? I didn't hear the first part. Can you say that again? Yeah, and I think that's exactly right. He said it, it, would have, it wouldn't have proved the point as well because it would take less faith. If God tells you exactly what's going on in your life, it doesn't require as much faith, right? When we don't understand, we're saying, okay, I don't have the answers, but I trust you. And I think that's exactly right. Next thing I want to talk about is the connection between physical, emotional, and spiritual attack. 
See, we see some things coming into the book of Job here. Satan is given permission to afflict Job's physical life, but he's doing that because he wants to affect him spiritually, right? Curse God and die. That's the goal is to get Job to turn his back on God. So the, the text tells us that he gets boils from head to toe. Has anybody in here have ever had boils? I'm just curious. We've got some people. Okay. I didn't, I didn't really know. I've never had a boil. I've had some nasty blisters. Like when I was a kid, I got sunburn on my shoulders and they were awful and they were oozing and that's probably TMI. But um, it's gross, right? These boils are sores and Job gets them from his head to his toe. His whole body is covered in boils. In fact, I came across this. There's a sculpture that an artist made years ago and this is of Job. Just imagine open sores all over your body. Like, not a picnic, right? Not a good day. And it, the text tells us that he takes a piece of broken pottery and he scrapes the junk out of the, the, the boils. Like, ouch. Not fun. And he sits in ashes. And he's just, I mean, I don't think it gets much, much worse. It's pretty painful. So I don't know a whole lot about... Um, medicine, but I did come across, there, there's a disease, a skin disease called Job's syndrome, and maybe some of you in the medical field know about this. I'm going to butcher this. It's hyperimmunoglobulin E syndrome, right? Everybody knows what that is, right? Yeah. But it's actually, there's a syndrome that based on like a long-term skin disease because of Job's story. I thought that was interesting. But Job is covered from head to toe with boils, and he is miserable. I mean, it's disgusting. And Satan does this because he's trying to test his character. He says, if I know if I can, I can get him physically down, if I can get him to suffer, then it's going to affect his emotions. He's going to be super bummed out and discouraged, and it's going to affect his spiritual health. Those things are all connected. So really what's happening here is the worth of God is being challenged. Is it God himself that Job cherishes? Or is it all his blessings or even his health, right? Because Satan couldn't just come to Job and say, hey, I'm gonna give you wealth and prosperity and influence and power. Job already had all those things. And Satan took him away and now it's like, okay, the one thing you have left is your health and I'm gonna take that away from you. So there's a spiritual assault, an assault on our souls, a challenge to our faith that comes with physical illness. And I don't know if you've um, had to deal with this, but it's, it's harder to resist temptation to sin when we're worn down emotionally or physically. You guys know what I'm talking about? Like, when you get sick, and if you're sick physically, like it's harder to resist temptation. I, I think of um, sickness like a, a flu or COVID or some kind of a thing that's going to last more than, than, a, than a few days, you know, and it's, and it's miserable. And for some of us, it's, it's a man cold, right? Like, do you guys know man cold? Anyone in your house, like, gripe and complain, you get a cold and it's like, it's, oh, it's so bad. And, and we complain. I do. I don't, when I get sick... I'm good for about a day, maybe two, and then my, my attitude goes in the toilet, and I'm complaining to my wife about how sick I am, and I need medicine, and I don't want to talk to God. I don't want to worship Him. I don't want to pray. Like, I'm just griping, just complaining. 
Because that's what happens when our health is in a bad place, we get depressed. And then we don't feel like searching after God, seeking after God. And these things are tied together. It's kind of like, you know, you could be down emotionally, but if you go to the gym and work out, if you run or if you lift weights, all of a sudden you kind of, you get that rush and you're like, "Ah, I'm feeling pretty good. And, And it lifts your spirits a little bit. And you might even be a little healthier spiritually because you've got some discipline in your life now. You know, these are connected, our physical, our emotional, and our spiritual health. They're not all separate in categories. They overlap. Satan knew this, and this is why he afflicts Job's health. So here's what I think we can do. If, if you're here today and you're struggling with some kind of a physical ailment, you have a disease or some kind of chronic issue, and there's nothing you can do about your physical health, you can work on your emotional health. You can talk to somebody. You can get some help. You can talk about the pain and grief that you're experiencing. Process it. And you can take care of your spiritual health. Surround yourself with other people who are following Jesus that will encourage you in your faith. It's amazing what a person can go through physically when they're strong spiritually and emotionally. Right? They're all connected And so we want to be healthy in all three of those. I also want to talk about um, Job's wife, Mrs. Job. We don't know her name. We don't get her first name. But Job's wife is mentioned in the story. And she, just, just to kind of rewind the tape a little, she's been with Job through all of it. She's a good woman. Like they have, they've raised kids. They are a God honoring family. So Job's wife, she's great. But she's been through everything that Job's been through. She lost the livestock, the wealth, the influence, uh, 10 kids. Imagine losing 10 children and what that did to her mama's heart. Like she's hurting, she's in grief, she's in pain, and now her husband Job is sitting over there in the ashes with boils. This is not a good situation. And so she looks to him and this is what she says. Do you still hold fast to your integrity? Curse God and die. So Job was going through a tremendous trial. She was going through the trial alongside of him. Job responds very differently than his wife does. She's essentially telling Job, hey, God's to blame for all this, so just curse him and roll over and die. Just an awful bit of advice. And and really in this moment, she has become a mouthpiece for the agenda of Satan. Of what Satan was trying to do to Job, the wife becomes a mouthpiece for him. Not every bit of advice or, or, um, yeah, advice in a circumstance like this is helpful. And we're going to talk more about that as we get into Job's friends, right? They had some things to say that weren't always helpful. But there's a difference in perspective between Job and Mrs. Job. See, Job's perspective is, hey, when God blesses me, I worship him. When God removes his blessing and I'm I'm sitting here with, you know, lost everything and boils, I still hold my integrity. I worship God. That was Job's perspective. Mrs. Job said, hey, when life is good, yay, God, we praise him. Right? We're going to worship God. And then all of a sudden, when, when things go bad... Curse him and die. Very different theology, very different uh, perspective on who God is. 
So Job says to his wife in verse 10, you speak as one of the foolish women would speak. Shall we receive good from God and shall we not receive evil? So the question for Job's wife is, was she following God for what she could get from God or just for who he is? And and that's really the same question for us. Are we following God for what he can do for us or simply for who he is? That's really what this trial was all about. To prove to Satan, like, God's enough. Not just about his blessings. So I want to have a couple more questions before we close. And the first one is this. Why is it easier to be a follower of Jesus when life is good? And why is it more difficult when it's not good? What do you think? Say it again. When it's good, we don't have to question everything. Like maybe, maybe uh, we're happy with the way things are going, and so we just roll along through life. Yeah. For me, I think it's easier to follow when life is good, just because I'm shallow. I'm just a shallow person. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty honest. He says it's easier to follow because I'm shallow. All right. Yeah. Maybe we're getting what we want. It's going to be a happy day. Yeah. But if your parents come in and sit you down and say, we need to talk about your grades, that's a completely different feeling and a different mm-hmm. conversation. Yeah, I like that picture. When it's your birthday, <laughs> everything's good. But when you're getting disciplined for something you did wrong, yeah. Yeah, it's more difficult when, when life isn't going good because then we start to ask the question, why? And we start to question God's character and his heart. And God, do you really love me? You tell me you love me, but my circumstances are communicating something different. Then we really have to ask that question. What do we truly believe, right? Second question I wanted to focus on this morning is, what do we learn about God from the fact that Job's wife was kept alive? Did you guys notice that from the story that all the kids were dead, but the wife was left alive? What do you think? Why do you think God did that? Why do you think he kept her alive? What do you think he's up to in her life? He knew her heart too. Yeah, he knew her heart too. What's he teaching her? What do you guys think? He's trying to teach her from what Job knows her. He's trying to teach her to follow the same thing he's following. Because he knows that he is pure, like, and that he will honestly follow God, but that she maybe wouldn't. He's trying to teach her to do that. that that's really good. You want to come up here and just finish <laughs> out? Like... So he said, yeah, he basically said he... God is teaching Job's wife what Job already knows. Job has integrity. He says, hey, I'm going to worship God when it's good. I'm going to worship God when it's bad. And Job's wife's learning that lesson in, in real time, and we're seeing it play out. And, and I, I, I can't wait till the end of the book, I mean, because we see where this all goes. But for now, it's just hard. We're in this hard season of the story. Um, I also think that it's interesting that God didn't just, like, punish her in that moment, like, Hey, Job, curse God and die. You know, he could have just like punishment, like judgment, but he, he withheld that, didn't he? He gave her mercy. He said, okay, I understand you're struggling and you want Job to curse me and die. I'm gonna show you some grace, Job, Mrs. Job, Job wife. <laughs> so the, the reality is that all of us in this room are gonna go through some hard seasons of life. 
You are either in a hard season right now, you are coming out of a hard season, or you're about to go into a hard season. And and I'm not here to be fatalistic or, or depressing, but it's the reality of the world that we live in. It's a broken world. Bad things happen. Suffering happens. You're gonna get some bad news at some point in your life. And, and when it comes, it's always disappointing and it always feels undeserved, but it shouldn't really surprise us in some ways as well. Like, I knew a, a guy who was just driving down the interstate recently and got run off the road. Like, completely not his fault. Like, stuff like that happens. Uh, maybe you're in the shower and you feel a lump on your neck and there's a diagnosis that you're not excited about. Or maybe you're at the grocery store and you get a phone call and it, it's news of someone you love is gone. Those things happen in this life. And that's why it's so important for us to understand the story of Job, to see that God does allow bad things to happen in this world. It's part of our existence. But it's also a reminder that God is in control. And and hey, I don't want to freak you out like Satan's coming after you and me. But he only has as much power as God allows him to have. He's the devil, but he's God's devil. Like he's on a leash. And God can be trusted. And so if things come into our life that we don't understand or that we don't like, we don't have to be afraid. We can trust God's heart. And the reminder and the good news for us is that even though we're going through a trial or we're going through suffering, God loves us. He is all-knowing. He is all-powerful. He loves and always does what is good and right and perfect. And that is absolutely true. And we will see at the end of the book of Job how God resolves this story. And we know from the end of the Bible that there is another resolution coming, that this life is not all there is. And that Jesus has already won the victory. And we have to take hope in that. And remember, there's a big picture here. We see very little. We understand very little of what's going on in God's grand story. But we know enough. And he's given us enough to say, trust me. I've got you. And so the question for us today is, do we trust God? Does he have our heart? Do we worship him when things are good? Do we worship him when things are not good? Do we hold fast to the fact that God is unchangeable no matter what we are going through? And we can rest in his character because he is good. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you that you Give us the story of Job to have some perspective on suffering, to not be surprised when hard things happen in our lives, but also as a reminder, God, that that you are worthy of our worship in the good seasons, in the bad seasons, in the highs and the lows. And Lord, that ultimately we have hope in you for eternity. God, you have promised to give us an existence with you for all of eternity with no more tears and no more crying and no more pain and no more suffering and no more death. And Jesus, we will be with you forever. Eternal blessings, eternal joy. That's what we long for, God. So help us keep perspective that this life is temporary. That when we go through hard things, you are still with us. 
you are still sovereign, you are still on your throne, you are still in control. And forgive us when we lack the faith and when we lack the trust to acknowledge that. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand as we close in song? Josh left us with a few takeaways from today's service. We saw that Job's response to worship God was there when his life was good and to worship God when his life was in shambles. Job's second trial. The real issue isn't that we need to have all the answers. The real issue is whether or not we trust God when we don't have the answers. God can be trusted even though we don't always understand what he's up to. Physical, emotional, and spiritual attack. Job has shown that God is more valuable to him than his family and possessions. It's harder to resist temptation to sin when we are worn down emotionally or physically. Be aware of the connection between your physical, emotional, and spiritual health. Satan understands the connection and he tries to hurt us while using those. Hurt one area, hurt them all. Job's wife. Let's look at what she said to Job. Do you still hold fast to your integrity? Curse God and die. Job responds with, You speak as one of the foolish women would speak. Shall we receive good from God? And shall we not receive evil? The real question for Job's wife was, Are we following God for what God can do for us or for who he is? It's the same question for you and me. Discussion questions. Why is it difficult to trust God when we don't understand our current circumstances? If God would have told Job why he was suffering, how would that have changed things? Freedom to choose? Why is it easy to be a follower of Jesus when life is good? Why is it more difficult when it's not so good? What do we learn about God from the fact that Job's wife was kept alive? Thanks again for listening, Missio family, and we'll see you again next week.